Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I'm Jason. I'm a guy just trying to follow some traditions. <laughs> and I'm Billy. I'm a grateful recovering addict. Welcome and back, Billy. Hey, thank you. Yeah, missed you last week. Uh, thankful for Caroline for coming on. Yes, I, thank you, Caroline. You weren't here for this, but we, we got on a, a top recovery podcast list. Oh, somebody, amazing. Right? Awesome. I know. Uh, top 80. <laughs> We're in the top 80 recovery podcast, but it's nice. better than that. We're actually 12. So Ooh, good. Uh, we got the, the link to that top 80, whatever it is, yeah. on Feedspot. Um, it's on our last episode, and maybe I'll put it on this one again. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was kind of nice to be 12th, uh, a little lower than I, I want to be, you know. So if anybody wants to go on and tell that guy he's wrong, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know his criteria. I don't know if it's like the most listened to or just the ones he liked or... Eventually, some famous person is going to hear us and retweet, and then we'll be one of internet these famous. Days. <laughs> one of these days, we're going to get it. I don't know. Or maybe anyway. not. But I still love it, because I get a ton out of coming here and talking yeah. with you. And, and I am always amazed at how many times I think about things we've talked about, or people we've talked to, or interesting stuff that's come as a result of our conversation, so... If nothing else, it helps me a ton. <laughs> yes, yes. Personal growth is definitely greater because of this. I would say, uh, and Caroline pointed out, you know, because you weren't here for the talk about the Instagram comment. Caroline pointed out a way that maybe made me a little more introspective instead of feeling hurt by the comment. <laughs> and that was just that like, hey, we are two white guys. And, and not that we can't have a white guy on here and there, but like, maybe we should like try to branch out more often or, or, or just think about it more often, right? Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, I mean, I could get that. Sure, and, and I'm open to any, I mean, I'll talk to anybody I don't right. mind, and we can have guests on. Um, the truth is, in our area, I mean, the percentage of minorities in this immediate yeah. area is very, very limited. It's not like we're in a city or a metropolitan area. We have an incredibly low minority rate, and we could have females. I don't think we've shied away from that. Uh, the truth is, anyone can start a podcast. It's super easy. <laughs> we just started doing it with a $100 microphone, and right. it doesn't really cost, I mean, a fairly, a little bit of money. You've invested some money into equipment things now, but. So, to start a podcast, technically he's right. You can record it on your phone, and it really costs nothing. But that's not entirely true for us with having higher level equipment. We have a website, things of that nature. And not to mention how much time goes into editing and posting memes to try to get the word out. It costs quite a bit. Hey, if you don't like it, start your own. Isn't that where a lot of these recovery meetings come from? Right, right. <laughs> or if you feel you have a relevant topic or something to say, reach out, right? Oh, yeah, We're we'd love totally to have you totally interested on. in having people sure. on to talk about all kind of stuff. And and I think I, I mentioned something along those lines. We like having people in person better. I mean, not that we don't do it on video when, when needed. 
um, and, and the population around here just suits what it does. And in fact, now that I think about it, Caroline, it's Caroline's fault because the, the last two white guys we had, she recommended. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell so, her to start. And we had uh, Carlos on a few weeks back uh-huh. to talk about racial issues in recovery. And we saw him at a recovery convention this weekend. So he would love to come back on sometime and talk about the state of recovery. And, you know, oh, man. <laughs> only if he's coming up here this time. Yeah, he, he probably it. would. Yeah. He was in person. So, yeah, I think he's out and about now. Awesome. So, yeah, I'd like yeah. Carlos on. He so was fun. It's good to see him. Yeah, that's awesome. So tradition seven today, I guess we should have said that before we got to yapping, but tradition seven is where we're at. It is July. All goddamn ready. I can't believe it. I know. So what is tradition seven for people who aren't in recovery programs or for quite a few people who are in recovery programs and have never looked at the (laughs) traditions? So NA specific, of course, every NA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Seems really, really straightforward. And if you read the basic text, it seems even more straightforward because <laughs> right. it says next to nothing about right. it. Which we don't is take money from anybody but ourselves. Right. Don't accept money. And I think we kind of delved into this last month on Tradition 6 a little bit. We sort of skewed into the territory of not accepting money. Right. If you start taking donations or things from other places, is that going to, you know impede your message right divert you from the primary purpose in some way and and that's a lot of what this one talks about they seem extremely closely tied in which is kind of interesting because step six and seven are tied in really closely too but so every na group ought to be fully self-supporting declining outside contributions i mean the first thing that makes me think of is we got to be self-supporting because we haven't been for so long. Like that's what I always think of first is like, Oh, we got to do this ourselves because we've been like relying on handouts or robbing people or whatever (laughs) for so long. Right. We got to make that better and do it all ourselves. But, But I guess my initial reaction isn't to think of like, Oh, if this people give us a million dollar donation because they believe in us, then that skews our ability to stay true to our message. Like we might have to, one of the, I'm going to call it prideful things or, or not sure what exactly the word would be, but being independent, self-sufficient, you know, that's, that's like its own spiritual reward. It's its own spiritual uh, value. And I think as a fellowship, it's nice to say this is a bunch of addicts that come together and do this. Like we don't get funding from the government. We don't get outside money from charities. We don't need anyone's help. We've lifted ourselves out of our situation we've come together as a as a group to support each other to do what we do um to help another addict stay clean and and all the efforts that we have around our literature around our h&i services any public services that we provide are all for addicts by addicts like and there's some uh i'm gonna use the word pride again there's pride that comes along with that I don't know. I always think of pride as bad. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, and that's I, that's why I was hesitant to exactly use that word. Um, so I, I would say maybe a better way to say it would be it brings uh, self-esteem, self-worth, mm. you know, some... Uh, Sense of accomplishment. Yeah. I mean, when I was using, I felt like a dredge on society. I was like a burden on right. everyone that I came across. I always wanted something. I always needed something. I always expected something. And now in recovery, 
you know, I become self-sufficient. I'm self-reliant. And that sense of purpose, sense of worth is what helps me want to stay clean. You know, it gives my life meaning and a sense of value. And I think when you take that away from people, it's really hard to kind of want to push through difficult situations. Hmm. One of the things I found interesting, and, and I think I got some of the reading pieces on it, so we'll get into it more later, but it just it talked a lot about not just the idea that taking handouts or money from people or gifts or whatever donations would divert us from the primary purpose, but even further, it was more the idea that we don't really need much. And <laughs> adding in a lot of money can cause unneeded problems, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> how much does it really take to run the meeting, right? Yeah, it's nice to have refreshments. It's not a necessity, but okay. So you pay your rent and you get your refreshments, like, and you have some literature, which supposedly funds itself because you sell it for the cost you get it at and then you replace it. And they were saying, like, what more do we need funds for beyond that? For the most part, right? And, and I just thought that was kind of interesting, right? Like, yeah, we could make up home group t-shirts and sell them and make some money off of it, but what are we going to do with that money, right? Like, what kind of stuff are we going to do? And then, oh, well, now we got this money. Now are we going to argue about what we're going to do with it? Like, who's got the best idea of how to use it? Right. And I mean, as far as I've been, as long as I've been around, there's been some, I'm going to say minor controversies over like groups using home group money to have picnics and things mm. or or how buy the cake. funds are <laughs> buy a cake uh buy medallions or coins for people's celebrations Ooh, you know all those kind of that. things like uh, are they really serving our primary purpose and there's mm. an argument to both sides i'm not going to sit here and try to solve that dilemma at right. the moment so for me i relate this back to my experience with church i remember going to a few uh, Christian churches, and this isn't, I'm not going to name any or, or bash any, but a lot of these more modern churches, like one we went to a few years ago, you walk in and they got a big, you know, screen on the, uh, up on the stage and mm -hmm. a projector and a really elaborate sound system and a smoke machine and all these lights. And I just thought, how <laughs> much money do they have tied up into this production of church like right. it, it seemed to me you know aren't we supposed to be taking these funds to help people like isn't that my understanding of like jesus's message like right. this we don't go ask people for money so we can fucking celebrate ourselves um i know this is awful judgy so i guess i'm going to hell Judge but, away. <laughs> but you know when i walked in and saw that it just to me it it rubbed me the wrong way and I know at times I've felt that in, you know, recovery through like 12 step program, we have these big conventions and these big, you know, elaborate, I'm going to call them celebrations of ourselves. And you think, wow, this is seems like a lot of money tied up into, mm. you know, is this really the best way to use that money? And of course, this is just my opinion. I'm sure there's plenty of people that can make a really strong argument that, yes, it is a good way to spend the money, you know. <laughs> but I think how many more people could we reach, you know, through H&I or reaching out into jails and institutions or printing literature for free that we could give away? Like, are there better ways we could use that money? That that church concept reminded me of like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where the guys were all choosing which one was Jesus's cup. 
Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And like they were choosing the fancy ones with the jewels and shit, and then they were dying because they drank the wrong one. Yeah. And, and then he was like, "Oh, I'll choose the simple like wooden one, right? It's mm-hmm. very Jesus like and yeah. it's humble and all that." But I tell you what, if we don't start a goddamn home group at a church that's got a smoke machine, so that I can like come up through the floor <laughs> with smoke on my anniversary. Right. I might quit. Anytime the speaker comes on, they get a smoke thing and Hell lights yeah. flashing. <laughs> I mean, does, is that how God comes into the church or something? Like, Or the priest? Like, what is... What the oh, so the they had machine? it for the more modern, like, rock oh, for the music. Yeah, you have the band out there and... It I don't know. Creates just, the ambiance, and but the smoke reminds me of like hell and fire and stuff. It just seems counterintuitive for church. Yeah, I know. I, it's it's production. I mean, that's really what it is. And so it's a whole side note. But I listened to a podcast on how they have modernized church. Like, there's a like a packaged thing you can get like it tells you how to go start one of these modern churches Hmm. and all the pieces that you need and it's put out you know by christian-based organization how do you go out and connect people from the modern world you know anyway yeah so that's why they have the lights and the production and all that because it attracts people it's bright shiny fun stuff so shiny jesus yeah (laughs) but in na you know it's or any 12-step fellowship i guess i shouldn't just speak for one but you know is that the case are we using this money really for the best purpose or if we get more of it then are we just trying to find ways to spend it right right so let's see what some of the literature has to say some of these are a little long uh it seemed weird to chop them up but uh first one being self-supporting is an important part of our new way of life for the individual this is usually quite a change i think you were talking about this In our addiction, we were dependent on people, places, and things. We looked to them to support us and supply the things that we found lacking in ourselves. As recovering addicts, we find that we are still dependent, but our dependence has shifted from the things around us to a loving God and the inner strength we get in our relationship with him. Hmm. And so that touches on kind of what you and I a little bit talked about right we we kind of mooched off of the world right we we were this dredge on society i think you said and we just took everything was taking but instead of kind of turning it into that's why we're self-supporting it just more talked about the idea that we still need something outside of us to help us but that thing isn't money right it's not the the stuff the things the the financial success it's this relationship with something that helps us feel whole, whatever that may be for us. Yeah. And even thinking of, of meetings, um, you know, sometimes a meeting is just a couple of addicts showing up to talk about recovery. You know, you can start a meeting and have a meeting. You don't need anyone's approval, permission. There's no sign up fees. There's no, you know, startup fees that you got to pay. Are we a meeting? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think we're open to the. Pu- I don't know. That you need to be. No, I would say no. Okay, I don't think we are either. But I felt like we fit all those descriptions <laughs> yeah. you gave. I was like, are we? All right. So the next one was money has always been a problem for us. We could never find enough to support ourselves and our habits. We worked, stole, conned, begged, and sold ourselves. There was never enough money to fill the emptiness inside. In our recovery. Money is often still a problem. Oh, that was it. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait so, to keep going. Yeah. Right, right. I thought there was more too. I was like, huh. Um, but yeah, that's the concept, right? Like, 
yes, we want to be self-supporting. Part of that is we don't want to cloud our message. But the other part of that is we don't need a lot and we need to remember that. And I think that's what I was trying to explain earlier. And, and I just, I guess when I think of this tradition, I don't think of that. I think of, oh, we can't have people donate millions because then we might have to give them time to speak their message or a spot on our website or, or on NA's website. I'm saying our again. Yeah. I'm told not to do that. Um, but I, we don't think about the idea of like, we just don't need a lot of money floating around because that's not good for us in general. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's an interesting concept. I would concept. agree. Yeah. No wonder we're not financially successful when we come to NA. They tell I've us also had in my involvement in home groups and service over the years, there's been, I don't want to say a handful of times, but at least a couple where money's gone missing mm. <laughs> you know? and that temptation of, hey, here's several hundred dollars that are just kind of quote unquote sitting around, you know. I, by default, stole $87 for my first home group when, yeah. I, when I used, and I was the treasurer. Yep. Mm. What's by default? Like, uh, because I used and I had the money on me, and it, that's by default. <laughs> like, oh. Like, I, I didn't- I wouldn't call that by well, default. <laughs> I would call that stole the money. <laughs> well, I did not go into the situation saying I'm going to steal money from NA, right, right? Right, right? I went into it like, I'm going to be of service and be the treasurer. And then even after I used, I tried to contact the guy like three times to come get it. I was like, dude, you need to come get this. Like, mm. You really need to come get this. And I I don't know why he didn't. I think now looking back that maybe he didn't want to see me in that right. condition. Honestly, I think it might have hurt his feelings because we were kind of close. Mm. Um, yeah. But he didn't. And then there came that day where it was like, oh, I didn't so have this eighty seven dollars anymore. Yeah, right? <laughs> this is definitely yeah. going for me now. Um yeah, So I say by default because I use not because right. like, gotcha. I, I was still guilty. <laughs> oh, and and speaking about money, we have a, an episode coming up sometime in the next month or so about financial health. Mm. Right. We've talked about some other types of health and recovery. And I think financial health is one we don't talk about. And honestly. Looking at this tradition and and the NA program, it's telling us to avoid money to some extent, which I think is like not really the solution. Like I think it'd be better if we got a healthy relationship with money. So yeah, we have that episode on uh, on financial health coming up, which I think will be nice. extremely interesting. I mean, just for me personally, that's always been an area that I've struggled with is is finances. I don't not usually the treasurer at my home group. And I'm fine with fake money. So, and not fake like money, Monopoly? but uh, no, well, what I mean is I do like, or I, in the past, I've done like some of the like accounting work for my job. Hmm. And when it's like on a computer and it's just digits, it's uh. one thing. But in like, you know, recovery work, it's actual cash, people giving you cash and you have cash. And, you know, I, when I've been the treasurer of the home group, it's like, hey, I need 10 bucks. Oh, I got the home group money. I'll use that. I'll put it back later and not stealing yeah. it, but borrowing it. Oh, that's just, illegal. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> just not healthy. It's it's not, I mean, like I know that that's not right. You know, it's it's just not something I've ever been overly good with. So like now my finances, my wife pretty much manages most of them. Mm. And then, and this sounds so demasculating. Is that a word? Anyway. Emasculating. Yeah, I I will ask her when I want to spend money mm. on things that are excessive. Like, hey, is it okay if I, like, I get an allowance? Yeah, 
<laughs> Makes it a lot easier, I, I think. Need, I, I don't even want that, I, you know, because I'll waste it. But Well, and that's what I think why we need this financial health episode we got coming up, because I think we do. I think we get clean, and, and somewhere along the way we get the idea of money could be a trigger or, or you're not responsible with it, and our best way to deal with that is avoid it. Yeah. And like nobody ever says, well, hey, this is how you budget. This is how you decide what's good to save, what's good to like. It's not terrible to waste, quote unquote, some money on ourselves here and there. Like, that's not terrible. Right. And I have gotten because that's what happens. Like, I, I will go through and be fine six days out of the week. And then seventh day I wake up and I'm like, ah, I don't feel good about myself or I feel like unappreciated or I feel like, you know, I'm doing all this work for everybody else and nobody appreciates me. Mm. Like, fuck you. I'm going to just treat myself to something, right. gonna, <laughs> some excessive thing I don't need. I'm going to get a recovery sort of shirt and an ice cream. Right. <laughs> I get it. Uh, the next one. We need money to run our group. There is rent to pay, supplies and literature to buy. Is there really supplies if you're not having coffee? What other supplies would you need? Uh, things like the phone books and stuff that I mean, my home group used to hand out the little blue phone books. I or call that the literature, the white though. books. I guess it's not literature. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so we need money to run a group. We take a collection in our meetings to cover these expenses, and whatever is left goes to support our services and to further our primary purpose. Unfortunately, there is little left once a group pays its way. Sometimes members who can afford it give a little extra to help. Sometimes a committee is formed to put on an activity to raise funds. These efforts help, and without them, we could have not have come this far. NA services remain in need of money, and even though it is sometimes frustrating, we really would not have it any other way. We know the price would be too high. We all have to pull together, and in pulling together, we learn that we really are part of something greater than ourselves. So this was an interesting paragraph for me, because part of it sounded like, uh, area sir, or, or world like wanted money. Like mm. <laughs> I was like, we don't have enough money to do what we need. We need more. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird to put in your <laughs> literature. But then it sort of summed it up and talked about like, we want to be a part of the struggle of not quite having enough, right? Like it was a goal of ours almost to be there because it felt good to be a part of the struggle instead of having it come easy maybe. And then how we kind of united around, hey, we're doing this together. It takes all of us. Yeah. I mean, it, and it really does take all of us. It's a group effort or we effort. I think it's interesting that it says, uh, you know, that sometimes members who can afford it give a little extra to help. But then at other times in the literature, it kind of like says that's not the greatest idea all the time. Right. And, and I know in my experience, like there's been times when i supported the home group right like nobody else right. we were getting like five dollars in donations i'm like i can put in 10 a week like it's not hurting me i'm in that position but there is this fear that like whoever puts in the most money is going to feel like they have a bigger say about what goes on with the group right and and maybe that's part of why this tradition is there you know is to protect against that um i don't and I've talked about this with other people, debated similar ideas around, like, is it okay if your home group needs a coffee maker that someone just gives the home group a coffee maker? Like, is that okay? Is that being self-sufficient? Or is that one member taking care of the home group? My home group, similarly, you know, we sometimes have a low turnout. There's not a lot of money. Our treasurer just pays the rent, buys the literature, you know. Right. 
We've talked about it at times, thrown in a little extra, but most of the time, it's just taken care of, you know. And <laughs> I don't know if that's okay, you know, right. not really sure. I don't know if that's, I mean, to me, it's okay. But there were definitely times where I didn't feel like that was okay, that I felt like, well, are we, are we intervening in, you know, God's will if we keep something going that's not being self-supporting? Yeah. And some of these other readings... Don't exactly say that, but they kind of allude to the idea that, like, we really need to take a look at what we need right. to run this group. But then is it being self-supporting if someone says, yes, I have the means and I want to keep this running. Mm-hmm. So I am self-supporting this, <laughs> this meeting, you know? I, I have not heard this often, but I heard this one time at one meeting. And it would, I, I remember it because it stuck out so much from anything else I've heard in a meeting. And the person said... And this was a few years ago at this point, but they were like, y'all are putting a dollar in the basket. That's what they did in 1983. They're like, it's at least $2 at this point. Yeah, I've heard right? that. It's well. inflation, right? It's at least $2 at this point. If you're putting a dollar in, you're, yeah. you're full of shit. Yeah, basically. I've been around 20 years and it's been a dollar ever yeah. since. And there isn't anything else you can buy for a dollar. <laughs> well, I, I think in my head, it was like, okay, yeah, we're all given a dollar, but there's a shit ton more of us. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're getting a lot more dollars, right? Like, do we need more money just because there's more people? I, I don't know. And this gets a little off of that topic, but similarly with inflation, like, is it still okay for a meeting to rent a space in a building and pay like $30 rent a month or $40 rent a month? Like, is that being self-supporting if we, in essence, allow churches or other organizations to what I'll call donate space. Give us like, a discount. Is that, yeah, is that being self-supporting? Is that mm. okay? I mean. So I don't know this. I'm just spouting something somebody else told me. So don't take too much stock <laughs> into it. Uh, but I remember hearing the important thing was to run the NA group, right? To have the meeting because we need the meeting to help people. So if your group didn't have money, you would you could offer the church something else, right? Like you could offer to clean for them once a month or you could offer to take care of some of their chores or sweep up outside on the sidewalk around the church or you know what I mean like it was more the fact that we're paying our dues somehow for being there and it wasn't really about the amount that we paid And, and I think we delved into that a little bit about how like us in the church have a similar goal of helping the community and maybe that's why it's a discount but yeah and I I'm not so strongly opinionated about those things anymore because you think of groups that meet in public spaces, especially with COVID stuff going on. You know, you might meet at community parks and things like that. I can almost bet no one's making donations for those groups. Maybe, you know, there could definitely be some groups out there that are. Mm. I would bet probably not. (laughs) So, yeah, some of them are like actually talk to like my old home group, they met at a park for a while and they actually talked to the park people and, and worked it out so that they could. I don't know if they actually donated anything or not, but like I went and shared a meeting down in Glen Burnie that was basically like an empty parking lot behind an office building and an ice cream shop. Yeah, right. Like I, <laughs> there was, you know, yeah, there was nobody to donate to for that. They were just having that shit randomly. Like right. everybody just kind of put space. on Facebook, hey, we're meeting at this parking lot and that's right. where the meeting was. I was like, whoa. And like say with, with, you know, a a church or other community-based organization, like if they have similar goals and and similar values and they just want to help, like is is that 
not being self-sufficient? I don't know. I mean, it's definitely things to think about and, and be wary of. A lot of these mm-hmm. ideas are things that we really just need to think strongly about as a group, you know, as a home group, so that we don't find ourselves in places where we're like, oh, shit, now we're being supported by this <laughs> organization. Right. Like, all of a sudden, we're being not self-supporting. I think one of the really interesting pieces of doing these traditions is that I came into this, having done some tradition work and thinking this is what they meant, right? These are the rules. (laughs) (laughs) And doing this, it's really been a realization for me at least that the traditions are really good reflection points, right? It's not about what's right and what's wrong so much. It's more about, have you considered this? And you're thinking, right? Are you looking at this piece of your motivation? Are you looking at how this could possibly go? And I think that is super useful for guiding, right? It's like being introspective, but on a group level instead of just about you. Exactly. And what's funny is early on in recovery, I expected the traditions to be the rules. Like they were supposed to be rules. And... I still want them to be. My predecessors or like we had some issues come up in our area where we had reached out to World Services and they said similar stuff almost to what you just said. And we're like, well, that's not fucking helpful at all. You didn't tell us how to fix this. Right. (laughs) You know, right. Can they buy the goddamn cakes with the money or not? Like, that's what I need to know, you know. And they're like, well, you guys should get together and talk about it as a group. Like, that's not fucking helpful. Right. But yeah, that's the longer I stay around, the more with most of these traditions, it's like, hey, we need to sit down as a group, seek a loving higher power to guide us in our decision making and try to do the most loving and caring thing we can moving forward. And that might look different for different groups. Yeah, different groups, different areas, different regions. And the funny thing is sitting on this side of that understanding watching people still at meetings talk about the rules of the traditions and what you can and can't do. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's what it means at all right. anymore. This episode has been brought to you in part by Voices of Hope, Inc., a nonprofit recovery organization made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, members strive to protect the dignity of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, harm reduction and support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopemaryland.org and consider donating to our calls. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Uh, next one is our policy concerning money is clearly stated. We decline any outside contributions. Our fellowship is completely self-supporting. We accept no funding, endowments, loans, and or gifts. Interestingly enough, as a sidebar here, we got a PPP loan. The World Service Office did, by the way. Oh, and there's a lot of controversy about that. Yeah. Uh, Everything has its price regardless of intent, whether the price is money, promises, concessions, special recognition, endorsements, or favors. It's too high for us. 
Even if those who would help us could guarantee no strings, we would still not accept their aid. We cannot afford to let our members contribute more than their fair share. We have found that the price paid by our groups is disunity and controversy. We will not put our freedom on the line. Sounds really, really passionate. Yeah. Well, and especially in the political climate we're in, like I hate when things say fair share because that's such a vague description. You know, if if I am and just to play devil's advocate, but if if I am some rich, famous star, movie star, music star, whatever, we know they exist within twelve step fellowships. Oh, who you know, are they're they? all around. Yeah, usually they're pretty publicly known, right. but. You know, to them, twenty thousand or fifty thousand dollar contribution to a fellowship that saved their life doesn't seem that unfair. You know, to me, right. because you know that's my income for a year. You know, fifty, right. sixty thousand dollars. Like well, I can't donate that, but to them, that's nothing. And so, if they want to donate that to help translate literature or whatever. Is that a fair share? I, well, and what is fair share? Does it mean every, like we talk about this with equality and equity and stuff, right? Does everybody give a dollar or does everybody give 1% of their pay? Right. Because right? that's completely different numbers for sure. And and what does it mean fair share? Does it fair share if you show up and give $5 a week and I show up early to set the meeting up and stay late to clean it up because you don't have the ability to do that? Like you're on a time limit Yeah. and well, I don't have the money? Well, and if we like, t- even take the money out of it, just look at effort. I mean, we know that most of our, and I don't know if this is an exact number, but it's always been like 100% of the work, or 90% of the work gets done by 10% of the people or right. whatever that saying is. That's a good you cliche. Know, that we'll put that on the goes next right. cliche episode. <laughs> right. Where, you know, we all have the members that show up every week and make the coffee and, and do most of the work. Right. You know? Is that self-supporting if you got a bunch of members that just aren't showing up and putting giving back in some way there have been times whether due to people who were not that invested or people who just had other priorities or other things going on in their life at that time i've been member a member of home groups where i showed up an hour early i set all the chairs up i did the coffee like i did the i was getting the speakers like (laughs) some people help clean up afterwards but it was like I definitely was the dominant force keeping that group running the way it was running. I mean, I didn't, but I didn't feel like that wasn't my fair share. I actually enjoyed it because it right. gave me an hour kind of relaxing by myself and setting things up and like it was enjoyable for me. So I don't know. I, what the hell is fair share? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Just made up, <laughs> made up concept. But it definitely, you know, nowadays we talk, or at least the, I'm going to say the, the public statement is that we need funding to translate literature into other languages oh, to get yeah. the life-saving message of, you know, the 12-step fellowships out to these different parts of the world. And, you know, I don't know. How does that money get derived? <laughs> like, I guess selling of literature? Anyway, that's where it. a lot of this money thing creates a lot yeah. of controversy. I mean, I got Google Translate, bro. It might not be perfect, but I'll get it close enough that people will get clean off it. Like, I, we could do that for free. Why, yeah. why are we spending? How much money do we need to translate this bitch? I know. Uh, it seems a little sketchy to me. Well, yeah, and things are changing, but it used to be that the printing was the... The translating isn't the issue. It's the printing and getting the materials out. And, of course, you know, there was always the controversy that 
the original literature was written by the fellowship for the fellowship and that mm. it should be free, that we shouldn't have to pay for it. But mm. that is definitely not the way it is in public media now. By public media, I mean you can't go easily find copies of basic text or IPs. I mean, you can. I, yeah. You know, if you. I'm pretty sure if I ever start my own home group, I'm printing all my own literature and just giving yeah. that shit out. I think. I don't think I care about world service anymore. I still want to get somebody to come on and talk about that. Yeah. Uh, have not found the person who's willing to yet <laughs> the struggles with all that yeah because i don't i want to know more about it really. i used to delve into it a lot i kind of got i stepped back out of it because it was leaving a bad taste in my mouth for certain things and you know i was like i really what works for me is to show up at my home group and right. keep the doors open for a newcomer and to help you know that guy coming in and you know we'll buy literature and like my home group we buy books and if somebody needs a book we give them a fucking book you right, know and right. if you can pay great if you can't we don't really care you know we're not we're fine and you know that's sort of I, so i stepped way back out of all that so i didn't get so angry i don't know if this number is right because i'm making it up but i would say nine out of ten books that we do sell that people actually do pay for on the spot that money wasn't from them. That's their parents' money. Or <laughs> somebody else earned that goddamn money anyway. So we're going to rob their families more, basically. Right. is all we're doing. Yeah, no, I, it does seem like a lot of bitter people, and that's part of the... I asked one individual who didn't seem too interested in, in coming on to talk about it, but finding the person who... I don't care if they have an opinion, but they can be more middle of the road and presenting just the facts as they see them right and right. maybe they do have kind of a, a view of both sides would be nice um so that's it's a tricky person to find but yeah i want to know more about it any <laughs> controversy yeah. uh so another quote by paying our own expenses we remain free to carry our own message which i think really just ties into last month's right. tradition last month. completely different than the tradition we have at recovery sort of where we would compromise all our principles to sell anything for anyone <laughs> right. we'll be selling they give us pens. money we'll use it for good just trust us right it'll go yeah. to good uh next one many of us think of the seventh tradition as the money tradition yeah yeah basically while we have come to associate this tradition of self-support with the funds we contribute the spirit of the seventh tradition goes much farther than that Whatever a group needs to fulfill its primary purpose should be provided by the group itself. I thought that was kind of interesting, and it, it actually got slightly more interesting. Like when, when I first read that, I was like, oh, my God, what else do we need, right? <laughs> How much other stuff is there? And, and I read through it, and it really wasn't all that much. <laughs> but it says, uh, the question then is, what does a group need? First and foremost, it needs a message to carry, and that it already has. So you don't need anything for that. It's already provided. Beyond that, the needs of the group are simple. Groups need to rent meeting places where their members can gather and where newcomers can find them. Most groups find it important to buy NA literature, which they make available at their meetings. Okay, sounds good, right? So we that's still money stuff for the most part, I guess. Somebody's got to reach out and be the coordinator to rent the church or whatever. After paying their basic expenses, most groups contribute to the NA boards and committees that serve them. Phone lines, meeting lists, NA literature, H&I panels, and public information presentations all benefit the group. That's why service contributions are just as surely a part of a group's self-support obligation as the rent for its meeting room. Like the groups, 
NA service boards and committees decline contributions from sources outside the fellowship. Unlike the groups, however, our service boards and committees are not themselves fully self-supporting. They have been created to help the groups fulfill their primary purpose more effectively, and they depend on group contributions for the money they need to do their work. So that was kind of an interesting piece of it that I have never felt like it was the I don't want to say that it was the group's obligation. Like in general, yeah, hey, we donate the money up. That's how it works. It helps fulfill the primary purpose. I know a lot of groups that don't donate, whether that's because they don't have it or they just choose not to. I think there's even more in this climate of doubting yeah. like NA World Services. Um, but I would say if you're not donating up, then you're not helping fund these other important things that we do, these phone lines, these H&I meetings, like that stuff matters and, and that needs funding, right? Even if you don't believe in special events or, or public information or any of that, phone lines and H&I, I think pretty much everybody kind of believes in and supports. And if we don't donate up, we're not helping. Yeah. And early on getting involved in public relations like that, like not understanding why we needed those services and what they actually do. It's like people that are reaching out for help don't like you just think if when you're surrounded by people that are in 12 step recovery, you think that everybody knows about 12 step recovery, but they that's don't. not always the case. Right. And that it, being involved in public relations, the types of things that we went out and did was met with local health departments, met with local uh pro and probation offices, the rehabs and stuff, made sure they had updated schedules, make sure they had some basic literature. Um, and that was even for a small area like this. I mean, that was hundreds of dollars of literature that went out each month, you know, to provide literature to these facilities. Um, I know there was always some debate slash controversy whether we should be giving literature at our cost to treatment centers that were for profit. Um, that was sort of a thing that people debated. We should make these treatment centers buy this literature. They're not nonprofit treatment centers. So why are we giving them the literature? Um, Wouldn't that make us not self-supporting though, if they bought it? Yeah. Uh, well, they're that's, funding us. Again, part <laughs> of the, part of the argument is, you know, are we, should we just be giving them the, all this literature when they're a for-profit? They're making money off the backs of addicts. Do we just want to give them? So anyway, that was part of the discussion. I mean, I can say when I was involved, we gave them literature. That was what had happened. And right. I don't know that I had a strong opinion either way. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I got 90 days clean. All I know is I take the <laughs> fucking literature and drop it off. <laughs> Other people were arguing that kind of stuff. But, you know, that the point being like, it's important that we get that information out to these facilities. Meetings are changing. Meetings are being added. Places are, are, you know, times and places and where the meetings happen all change. I mean, the last thing you want is a person coming out of a treatment center. Yeah, I want to go to a meeting and not knowing where to find a meeting or having a schedule that's outdated or old from a year or two ago. You know, that's really not helpful. Right, right. No, I, I get that. I'm thinking also there's a, I don't know, there's a lot of debate around like public relations, putting ads on billboards or on the menu or, or the place setting at diners or on buses. Like that's some stuff that I've seen them do. And some people agree and some people don't. There's been radio spots for it. Yeah. Uh, and and then they talk about it more about the attraction than promotion tradition than this one. But 
you know, uh, maybe I guess if you don't believe in that kind of funding, maybe you don't donate up. Right. I don't know. But this talks about it being more of an obligation for us to be fully self-supporting. It's tricky, I guess. Uh, another one. To fulfill its purpose, the group also needs some things that don't cost a penny. A group needs someone to open its meeting room, set up the chairs, and prepare the literature table. In some groups, a member offers to prepare refreshments, helping establish a hospitable environment for the newcomer. Most importantly, a group needs the consistent commitment of its members to show up and take part in its meetings. Upon that commitment rests the group's stability. Without it, no group can survive long. From the commitment of its members, the group also draws its ability to carry our recovery message. Group service and active group membership are two vital contributions to group self-support, contributions that don't cost any money at all. And I was like, oh, shit, they just called out like every, <laughs> yeah, not every, but a whole lot of home group members I've had over the years who did not show up and contribute in any of those ways. Well, and even the attitude of like leaving a, you know, place better than we found it. Yeah. You know, when we have events or, or meetings in places, you shouldn't leave trash around and, and you know, that's a burden on the facility. They right. you know, they have to come in and clean up behind us. Besides the image that it leaves behind Narcotics Anonymous or any 12-step fellowship, <laughs> really, it's, you know, just it's not being self-supporting. We should be leaving places better than we found them, or at least the same as when we found them. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I do think it's interesting because we always think about this is why we pass the basket. This is what we need money for. And there are so many other pieces of self-supporting, right? That, that idea that if we have 10 home group members, but only you and I show up each week, right? And the other ones sporadically once a month pop in or whatever, like they are not supporting the atmosphere of the our group's recovery. Not even just the fact that they're not showing up to support the meeting, but like you and I are going to skew towards a certain piece of recovery, which might help some people, but those other eight personalities are going to be able to reach people that you and I can't in the right. environment we set, right? And if we're all here, we're all creating that environment together and it's going to be able to reach more people. Like that's the kind of, I don't think about that as being tied to tradition seven, like ever. Yeah, me neither, I would say. <laughs> or even showing up at, you know, events that happen, being a supporter of the different area events or local recovery events in the, you know, the recovery community. And that gets a little tricky. Like I, I like showing up to be, I mean, I like showing up to see people I like really, but yeah. I, I like showing up also to be a presence of like, Hey, people show up. We do things. I don't go to dances personally, usually, but Special events is one of those things, one of those other quotes talked about, right? Where it's like, that's a, a fundraising set up that's not really supposed to be self-supporting, even though I think we look at it in our service structure as hopefully it is. And that's been one of those areas that's been contested in our area over time. Oh, is, we just argued it last month. Yeah. So <laughs> should events make money or should they not make money? And what's the main purpose of the events? And yeah, that's went back and forth over the years. So interestingly, I don't think they listed special events in that quote. No. Phone lines, meeting lists, NA literature, H&I panels, and public information presentations all benefit the group. But I would lump it into that. Special events is something that would benefit our primary purpose, right? We're, we're showing people that there's fun in NA or in recovery, whatever. But I do think we kind of hope that it 
not so much that it makes money, but that it pays for itself, right? Right. Like this event pays for the next event. And of course, when you get into planning events three months out and you have a, an event every month, like you actually ultimately need to be able to pay for like three events <laughs> right. at the same time before the fourth one and all that good stuff. But yeah, according to this, like it's really not supposed to be. Well, not only that, nowadays, especially, and again, being involved in events in the past like you gotta have money for insurance you know to rent some of these facilities or or use some of these places or do different things you gotta have fucking insurance (laughs) like you know that becomes a a burden on the area you know to provide this insurance we should have an informed person that's been on convention committees come on too because that's a weird situation where convention committees are not like the convention is not part of NA. Yeah, it's like its own. And it can make money. Yeah. And I don't understand exactly how that is different from our special events that make money. (laughs) Personally, like, I I don't. I mean, because the money they make at the convention supposedly goes for next year's convention and gets donated back to NA anyway. So, what is the difference? Right. I don't don't grasp that at all. So, anyway, that's another thing we can look into one day. Um, Yeah, but I, I. I think it's an interesting tradition, right? I, not on the surface. On the surface, it's like, yeah, great. Money, People donate right. money. We don't take money from nobody else. Yeah. You know, I get it. If you the church lets you stay here for free, one day the pastor comes down and wants to talk for five minutes to your group, right. and you can't do that and all that good stuff. But I, I think there's just a lot more to it. And it, Sadly, I think it still falls in line. Like, there's more people willing to give a dollar at the meeting in the basket than there are people who are willing to show up and actually be of service each week with their time and their effort and their recovery. Yeah. And there's an awareness, like I think back to the service structure and, and if you don't have enough willing, able members to support say your H and I outreach efforts or your different service positions, maybe you shouldn't have those positions. I mean, maybe they need to close. You know, if you have a meeting that no one shows up at every week but two or three people, maybe that meeting should close. Yeah, or it should be a meeting with two or three people. Right, because (laughs) it's not really being self-supporting. I mean, and again, there's not a right or wrong to that. It's, It's just questions that you need to ask yourself. You know, how are we representing you know, the fellowship or our recovery fellowship, if we take on all these commitments that we can't meet and then no one shows up for them and then we just look like typical, stereotypical addicts, say they're going to do shit, don't show up, you know, and we we can promote stigma or, or you know, endorse stigma by right. not being self-supporting. How's this program going to work for me when the first three meetings I go to in this area ain't there? Right. I hate it when I show up at a meeting and it's not there. Yeah, and it's happened to us in different areas and you know, a lot schedules that aren't yeah. kept up to date or online schedules that aren't kept up to date or phone lines that aren't properly manned. You right. know, I mean, all those efforts sound great. They they really can be incredibly helpful, but when they're not self-supporting, when they're not able to meet the needs, you know, it's it's embarrassing. One of the things I've always disliked about this tradition is that I feel like it gets cast onto everything. Oh, you got to be self-supporting. Like on an individual level, I feel like I hear people say this as a suggestion to people when they're trying to get help with Mm. this, that, or the other. And I'm like, I don't believe that 
anything exists in a vacuum or that anything is totally self-supporting personally. Like I get that that's our tradition, but I kind of think we tend to operate definitely on a personal level. Like I don't think any human makes it through life all on their own or of their own accord. Right. Isn't that one of our cliches? Self-sufficiency is a lie. Yeah. (laughs) Like you just, you need people, you need connection. Like that's a whole part of the human experience. And I just feel like this, tradition gets thrown around about self-supporting all the time and it's like everybody needs somebody man. right there i don't believe there's many self-made and people. if you're a person in recovery and and you are struggling financially or mentally or emotionally and there are programs out there that you qualify for fucking go get them you know what Hell i mean yeah. like that's what they're there for I mean, it's different when you start lying and manipulating to get things that's Is it? slightly different. But, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if you're in recovery and lost your job and there is no shame in reaching out to get help from these, you know, safety nets that are supposed to be in our community. Like, right. and I, same, I've heard people sort of say, oh, you're not supposed to do that. Well, fuck you aren't, you know. If you can't support yourself that's what these community safety nets are in place for so okay i i was working at bodhi counseling last two years ago uh doing the admin stuff in the office coronavirus hit there wasn't really anything for me to do from home uh you know talk to the owner a little bit was like hey may you know do you need this done maybe i could work for a few hours here and there She's like, you, you could, right? I mean, it's possible. And she's like, but it's also possible if it made more sense for you to just get unemployment for now. And I'm like, well, that wouldn't like hurt you. I don't know how all that works. I don't yeah. know if companies pay for it or not. I, don't. I was like, would that bother you if I filed for it? And she's like, no, it's fine. And so I did. So I, is that lying? Like, I mean, I, I technically could have worked like, six hours a week for a very little amount of money and brought home like 80 bucks a week or i filed unemployment and brought home a shit ton of whatever they were offering (laughs) is that lying because i so here's where i'll take on the traditions form of things (laughs) and saying it's important for you to sit down and ask yourself those things and see what you're going yeah so (laughs) you know going to jamaica next week it gives a shit what anybody else (laughs) like you know it's you know same not to get too far off, but the clarity statement and Medicaid assisted treatment in meetings and, and all those things. Like I have an opinion on that that I feel pretty strongly about. It doesn't make me right and someone else wrong. It's just I have my side of how I look at that. And if you can judge me by whatever the fuck you want to judge me by, I'm the one that has to lay down with myself at night and feel okay about the person I am and know that yeah. I got to make the decisions that are best for me and my family. And if financially the best decision for me and my family is to, you know, to go on unemployment because I make more money at unemployment than I make working for one of these fucking multi-billion dollar Arr, companies that are raking in money over the whole COVID thing and paying people seven fifty an hour, like, fuck them people. I'm going to go on unemployment right? and make, you know, $18 an hour because why shouldn't I? Like, it's almost stupid to not. You know, out of some sort of moral obligation 
I don't know. No, no, no. I get it. I love it. Keep going. Uh, I I heard I heard people talking about. Oh my god, they they can't get workers back in restaurants because unemployment's so high. And I'm like, maybe they should have fucking paid people what they were worth to begin with, yeah. or a wage they could live off of. Yeah. I don't think people choose to stay home and do nothing on purpose very often. Are there a couple? Maybe. Right. Right. But if you were paying the the amount of money that people needed to get by and and not stress their fucking bills week to week and this that and the other. Right. They'd all be working still. Like nobody. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm on. I agree. I'm on board. A one. A one delivery there. So I would say this. I when I say I want to be fully self-supporting in my personal life outside of twelve-step groups or, or recovery or in rec- I don't know what. Maybe that, I guess that everything in my life is tied into recovery in some way, <laughs> shape, or form. But I don't mean me and my family should never have to use a service. Right. I mean, when I have it, I want to contribute back into society to make sure nobody's hungry, nobody's homeless. Like, that's my goal of being fully self-supporting. It's not just taking responsibility for me. And I think you kind of helped me, like, get to this place through one of our other tradition talks. Like, I think of humanity as my responsibility right if one of us is dying because they don't have food that's a fucking problem to me and i don't have any problem giving back some of whatever it is i have to make sure that doesn't happen right it's not just about oh me and mine's in my house are good right it's right well fuck man there's people that don't have food and are literally dying from that there's people who don't have a place to stay and are freezing to death like I'm not okay with that. And I'm fine with 10% of my money going back into that or paying more at the gas pump if that's what it takes or more taxes for universal health care. Like I don't, I guess that's why I don't have issues with them is because to me that is part of being self-supporting is we as a whole are, are, we're responsible for all of us. I'm not just responsible for people that stay in my house. Right. And I, for myself, look at it as I want to be at a minimum I don't want to be a burden on society. You know what I mean? I want to be able to take care of myself. Ah, and barely. then, But the, the people who are using these resources that I'm willing to contribute to because they don't have it are going to feel like a burden when we keep that stigma up. Yeah, I don't think they should. I mean... Well, then what's so, a burden on society? Well, what I mean is if I can do, I go do. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't lie and manipulate, cheat, and steal to get extra, to get more, to get you know, what I quote unquote think I deserve. Like I show up, I do my part. I do what I can to be a provider for my family that can change depending on the situation. Again, if I was one of these people that was making seven, $8 an hour and they offered me $18 an hour on unemployment, I would take the fucking unemployment because that's what it's there for. And that's what it's supposed to be. And me personally would be able to do that without feeling like a burden on society. If I was a person that said, "Man, I got this good job, but fuck that job. I'm not going to work because I'd rather just do this. You know, then that situation for me personally is different. You know, I wouldn't quit my job and stay home to try to get on unemployment. I just worry that that gives room for debate about what people are capable of and who's going to take advantage of what. And I just, I'm not interested in that debate. I'm interested in. And right now I feel like corporations take advantage of everyone. Like, (laughs) let's all just contribute. I bet you there's enough. Even I bet you there's enough even for the people who want to take advantage of it. Fucking not. Whatever. Give it to them all. 
right? Uh, that's just, I don't know. I don't want to leave any wiggle room for people to argue that, oh, well, he should be. Work-. Like, no, maybe he shouldn't. Maybe he's fucking can't get out of bed. I don't know. I don't know right. what his issue is. It's not for me to decide, right? I don't know. So, I don't, what else you got about fully self-supporting? Anything else? Decline. I'm not declining many outside contributions into my personal life. Yeah. Somebody wants to write me a big ass fat check. I am on board. Like, well, I yeah. can say this. There was a time in my life where my family or, or people around didn't want me around because they knew that I was going to need something. Mm. You know what I mean? That I always had my hand out, always, you know, looking for something. Right. And the choices I was making with that something that they wanted to give me was not fucking very good, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it was. It didn't look like it was helping anything, you know? I took what they had and I manipulated and used it for my own personal you know, it's exactly what you needed at that time. Yeah, it was helping. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Something. it. And uh, you know, nowadays I can say that have I had to ask my family for money in recovery? Absolutely. Have I been in situations where I've had to go borrow money or you know think one hundred percent? But I did it with like integrity and knowing you know that. I'm doing what I need to do to take care of myself and my family and whether it was pay it back or whatever, right. you know, I can still, it's not the borrowing the money that's the issue. It's the, why am I borrowing it and what am I doing with it and how am I using this mm. for All myself? the motivation. The, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think it's just important. So we had a an appliance break in the house, uh, the dishwasher. And, you know, the, the, we do some generational living. And so the, the people were just going to buy it. And like, I was like, Hey, we need to find out how much this is costing and put in our fair share. There we go. Fair <laughs> share. Right. But to me, it was just about, I don't want to, A, I don't want to be looked at as like, Oh, they don't contribute or, you know, any resentment, but it wasn't even about that. It was just, I want to feel inside like yeah i'm contributing to this right uh we we use the dishwasher too like why wouldn't we not put half in on it right let's i don't know it just felt right to me and i and i think that's a lot of when i get in tune with myself and my heart and and my soul and the souls of society it just a lot of this stuff isn't baffling right we intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle us one of aa's promises um and I just feel like that a lot of times. It just makes sense. I wasn't worried about the $500 to kick in on the dishwasher. Like, that was the least of my concern. It was, how am I going to feel if I don't? I'm going to yeah. feel like, shit, I can't do that. And there's a flip side of freedom that comes with that in mm. that, you know, now if I contribute to something, you know, outside of me, whether it's, you know, just to use an example, like a family gift for my dad, my sister, me, and my brother all will pitch in for a gift you know, for my parents or whatever, like I'm not so defensive or angry. Like, are they doing their fair share? Are they putting in? It's like, no, look, I I don't really care. Like I'm doing what I can do and whoever does whatever is fine. Right. You know, and I, there's a freedom that comes with not being fearful that everyone's trying to take advantage of me. Everyone's trying to get something from me. (laughs) So I think that's uh that's tradition seven. I think we did it pretty well. Um, I would say go out and decline outside contributions 
unless somebody's telling you that they want to give you money so that you can pass it on to us. And in that case, <laughs> accept that and we will completely accept outside contributions. Uh, all right, everybody. Have a good week. See you next week. Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us.